The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. see uh, what, uh, what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be loving one another. Uh, a second thing that we're going to find is what needs to be done in order to fulfill Jesus's command upon our lives. I mean, Jesus has offered instruction, and, and, and that's one thing, but then he's also given commands, which is more than just instruction. Instruction can be how to do something. A command is more what we're supposed to be doing. And there's a, a specific command that we're going to see that he gives that we ought to take very seriously. And I want to find out a, a third thing here, and that's what opens up the door for unity. What opens up the door for unity? Now, unity is an interesting thing to me. It's a very important part of the scripture, a very important part of, of the Christian's life, uh, the church community. But I want you to consider unity in, in anything. I mean, especially in relationships, I mean, marriage, family, uh, uh, any kind of, of, of relational uh, contact where you have fellowship, unity is really important. I mean, think about when there's a breach in that relationship. Most of the time, that breach in that relationship uh, is, is nothing more than a manifestation of a lack of unity. I mean, somebody can do something wrong and hurt another person, but the effects are disunity. And so when we consider the importance of unity, if the scripture gives some steps that are required for unity to be present, I think it's important for us to apply those steps in our relationships. So as we get into the word here, we're going to jump right in and find how we're supposed to love one another. I want to, to give you a, a scripture here. It's a little long, but if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 7. We're going to go through 12. First uh, John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And by this God manifests his love toward us, that he sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the love that God sent, not that we loved him, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for us and our sins. Propitiation means Jesus took your place on the cross. Now it goes on in verse 11 to say this, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. I want to stop right there. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. This statement's really powerful in the sense that it's not just an instruction to love one another, but it's talking about how God loved us first. And the way that God loved us first was absolutely sacrificial. There's, there's no earning or achieving. There's nothing that is owed. Uh, it's 100% this manifestation of his goodness towards you that is, is undeserved in every aspect. And we're called to do this the same way. Now, this is a difficult thing for me. I mean, oftentimes, it's easy for me to love people that I like. I mean, do you ever run into situations where you're having a hard time dealing with a person or a people group or a set of circumstances? It's difficult for love to exist there because it's challenged by the fact that there's nothing in it for the one who is being challenged. 
But yet that's how we're called to love. Not to first have something in it for us, but rather to have nothing in it for us and be willing to be sacrificial. It's easy to preach something like this. It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to uh, say, hey, look over there in the scripture where it says this, but then it's really hard to do it. It's really hard to be in a relationship where there's abuse or where there's frustration and continue to operate in a loving way. Now, I want to give you a a passage of scripture here that I think is really uh, amazing, and it's Jesus speaking. He's speaking from the Gospel of John Uh, chapter 13, and you'll find it in verses 34 and 35. Jesus says this, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you are to love one another even as I have loved you, that you also should love one another in this way. And it's by this that all men will know that you're my disciples if you have this love for one another. This passage of Scripture is not only a call to love each other, but to love each other in a specific way in a specific manner. In fact, it's only in this way and in this manner that we can actually look like Jesus, which is what it means to be his follower or his disciple. We've taken the concept of Christianity and turned it into believing in Jesus. You'll ask someone, are you a Christian? I'll say, well, yeah, I believe in God. Well, I mean, that's a great thing. I would never try to talk someone out of that, but I think that is is not the, the whole definition of Christianity. I mean, the scripture didn't give a commission to go and help people to believe in God, rather it said go and make disciples of all men. Disciples meaning to follow after Jesus, to follow after him in what way? To live your life the same way that he lives his life. And his example toward us is not just so that we can have some good reading in the Gospels, rather his example toward us is so that we might be able to follow in his steps, living our lives the same way as he lived. And in this passage of scripture, we see that's how we're called to love. Now, when you read this, it's important to stop and just ask yourself, so what would that mean for me? If I'm called to love other people the same way that Jesus loves me, I need to ask myself, well, how does Jesus love me? In what ways has Jesus, Jesus, excuse me, manifest his love for me? So that I'll know how I need to be manifesting love toward others. Now, we're all going to have the same things in principle, but it'll all be manifest different ways. I mean, we'll all be in the same boat in the sense that we deserve nothing, but yet God everything. We'll all be in the same boat where we were actually hostile toward Jesus in our attitudes, in our words, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our lives, but yet he still laid down his life for us sacrificially. I mean, when you ponder this and you begin to consider how he loved us and then see how we're called then to go in love, it's, it's really a great and terrible thing. Great in the sense of of how we've received this love, because I'm in desperate need of it. There's no way that I can earn it or achieve it. It's absolutely uh, 100% of his goodness and his free will to give it. Now, the, the terrible aspect is that now I need to go and do the same, and that's really a challenge. I mean, I want you to consider relationships in your life. Some of them are very easy uh, the, you, you have great chemistry, things click, people are on the same page, very cooperative in every aspect of the nature of the relationship. And those relationships are an easy place for love to be manifest. But then consider relationships that seem to be a little more of a challenge. I mean, this can be because of personality, this can be because of, of a, a large number of things, different convictions. There's, there's no end to the list of things that can introduce a challenge in between a a group that is in fellowship or relationship. And then consider how difficult it is to let love be manifest in that relationship. 
And really and truly, that's really where it needs to be manifest the most, but yet that's the most difficult place for it to be manifest. I want to give you a passage of scripture here. We're going to go through a list of things that make up what love is, but I want to stop on one specifically because I think this is a really hard thing. I'll give you the, the passage there. If you have your Bibles, you'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when you get to verse 4, it opens up verse 4 with saying, love is. Now, you can just consider the next pieces of information that follow as the definition of love. I mean, love is dot, 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 and all of these attributes to follow. That's not to say that love is one of these things at any given time, but rather that love is made up of all of these things all of the time. Love is patient, kind, doesn't envy, uh, doesn't brag, is not arrogant, doesn't act unbecomingly, doesn't seek its own, is not provoked, doesn't take into account wrong suffered, doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness or sin, but rather rejoices with the truth. And then we get to verse 7, and this is the one I want to emphasize. Love bears all things. It goes on to say, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. I can understand the need to be patient. And I'm sure that I've required people around me to be patient with me. I can understand the importance of kindness. Uh, I can see the effects of its absence. I can read through all of these and, and come to a, a pretty safe conclusion that this is a part of love. But then when I get to verse 7, things really meet a challenge. Now, I told you it might just be mean, and I might be showing you my clay feet and my own weakness, and, and I'm okay with that. But it gets hard for me to love when I have to bear somebody else's issues. When I'm in control of the situation and I'm in control of the circumstances, I'm okay with that because uh, if something goes wrong, it's my fault and I can deal with that. But when I have to deal with that person's foolishness or that person's bad choice or that person's inconsistencies or that person's nonsense, well, now all of a sudden I'm having my account drawn on for their withdrawal and that's a hard thing to endure. I mean, pardon the, the example there, and it might not be a good one, but I think you understand what I'm saying. You're in relationship with other people, and for love to be manifest there, you're going to have to put up with their issues. And that's a really difficult thing to do. I want to talk about bearing all things, because if it's something that we're required to do in order to love one another, and if it's something that we're required to do in order to be like Jesus, I think it's important to look at his example and see how he did it. Let me give you a passage of scripture here, and basically what you're going to be finding is why Jesus went to the cross. Hebrews 9, verse 28. Hebrews 9, verse 28 says this, Christ also, having been offered up once for all, did this to bear the sins of many. I mean, it starts to make sense when you think about the life of Jesus Christ and his offering himself on the cross. It's more than just some you know, strange, twisted thing that had to happen for the wrath of God to be satisfied, but rather you see this wonderful, enduring manifestation of love. That something that was not one's responsibility could be endured and could be assisted, even if it meant sacrifice. And as we consider our lives and consider the people around us, there's no end to the areas where we can help to bear other people's shortcomings. And we're going to see what that means in the scripture. I want to give you a passage of scripture here just so that this doesn't become something that is exclusive to Jesus on the cross. I mean, this is kind of a daily thing 
in our relationship with God. I'll give you a passage of scripture from the Psalm, Psalm 68, verse 19. Psalm 68, 19 reads like this. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens, the God who is our salvation. So this passage of scripture by itself stands alone and reveals that this is a daily part of our relationship with God. A daily part of his love being manifest toward us. That every single day he's bearing our burden. And as a result is our deliverance and our salvation. Now Jesus gave that instruction to love one another the same way that he loved us. And that would call us to then daily bear the burdens of those around us and therefore open up a way for deliverance and open up a way for salvation in those situations. I'll give you a passage of scripture here. I told you we were going to find out what needs to be done to fulfill this command that Jesus gives. Uh, You'll find it in Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it reads like this. Bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. I mean, it's a pretty simple statement that we would have this command to love one another and that this command to love one another would be fulfilled by this act. It may not be easy, but it is definitely simple. Bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. That law that is to love one another the same way that Jesus would love us. I mean, this passage of Scripture just by itself revealing to us this this one simple thing. Like I said, though it may not be easy, it is simple. In order to fulfill what Jesus has required of me as it concerns love, I must bear others' burdens. That causes me to stop and just say, Father, I, I want to fulfill what Jesus has called me to. I want to love the way that I'm supposed to love. I want that love to be in my marriage. I want that love to be with my sons and my family. I want that love to exist in the congregation, in the church, in the body of Christ. I want that love to exist in every relationship in my life where love is manifest. I need to learn how to bear others' burdens. Can you show me? Can you teach me? Will you reveal to me in the scripture, reveal to me by your spirit, begin to show me the things that will make this happen so that I can fulfill this call to love in the same way that you've loved me? I mean, it's an interesting thing to consider, and I'm sure in the scripture you'll find countless examples, and I trust that the Holy Spirit will reveal to your heart and to your mind the things that would be unique to your relationships and your situations and circumstances. I know we can turn to the dictionary to get a little help along the way. What does it mean to bear? What does it mean to bear one another's burdens or to bear another's burdens? Well, When we go to the concordance, which is a dictionary for for the words in the scripture, you'll, you'll find that the word bear means the following. To thatch or to cover. Another definition is to protect or to keep by covering in order to preserve. By covering to keep something off which threatens, to bear up against, to hold out against, to endure, to bear... This is a definition that that keeps talking about covering in order to provide protection. And it's talking basically about building a roof. I mean, that first definition, to thatch or to cover, followed by uh, to protect or to preserve by covering. Consider your house and, and the possessions of your house, the things that are valuable, the things that are sentimental, all of these things that 
that are, are part of who you are and what make up your, your life and your, your family and those around you, all of those things being protected by ruin from your roof. That which was built and constructed in order to keep those things that would bring damage out and provide protection. And, and it's kind of an interesting thing to think about now. So you're telling me, God, that I'm called to basically be a roof to other people's valuables. That my life is meant to protect them from destruction and damage and loss. All by being uh, constructed, constructed in the way that I speak, constructed in the way that I act and behave. That, that the way that I construct my life or the way that I conduct my life, so to speak, is going to provide protection to those around me. So that the things that are valuable and cherished and sentimental and meaningful to them aren't destroyed by these outside influences that come in and sweep away all that's precious. It's an interesting thing to think about, and then you begin to wonder, well, well what does that mean then? I mean, it's great to expand my, my Bible IQ and to learn what that word means and, and to leave a little more intelligent than, than the way I came in, but I want to know where the rubber meets the road and how this really becomes a part of my life. I mean, just to know that there's a need for love to provide protection through this covering is an interesting thing, but there's some more in the scripture that can begin to reveal in a more simple way what to look for, to know where this is needed and, and how to apply it. I want to give you a passage of scripture here, and I want to offer this to you as, as how to bear with one another. And I'll give you this passage from the book of Romans, Romans 15, uh, verse 1. Romans 15, verse 1. Romans 15, verse 1, it reads like this. Now, we who are strong ought to bear the weakness of those who are without strength and not just please ourselves. Pretty interesting passage of Scripture. I mean, first of all, it starts to make perfect sense to me that, that bearing someone else's burden is, is going to, to be a difficult thing. There's a reason why it's so difficult. It's because it requires from your strength. I mean, it draws from your strength. If you are filling in someone's gap, filling in their shortcoming with your abundance or your strength, it's going to be taking from you to apply to them in order to create this result that is bearing with. And, and to do this is going to require uh, considering them before yourself. These are, are all the basic definitions of sacrifice. I mean, it's exactly what Jesus did on my behalf. He filled in every gap in my righteousness with his righteousness, and he did so by considering my life as more valuable than his own. This manifestation of sacrifice couldn't be any greater than an example than in his offering himself on the cross in my place, or as the Bible states it in one word, propitiation. And now we're called to do the same thing. Now, have you ever found yourself in your Christianity, you know, being around a group of people, or maybe you yourself, you know, struggling to live a more spiritual life? I mean, this, this group that we're, we are right here, I'm not sure that it's a real challenge, but there's a real challenge out in our culture to be a spiritual people. I've got news for you. You are a spirit. It's hard to get more spiritual than spirit, Right. But when we use that term, we're trying to say something. We're trying to talk about our, our spirit uh, being manifest in our decisions and in our choices and not just buried by our carnal flesh. 
and we're calling that being more spiritual. I want to offer this to you as a way to introduce a more spiritual way of living, and it would be focusing on bearing with one another. I'll give you a passage of scripture here from Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, I want to look at verses 1 and 2. It says, Brethren, if anyone is caught up in trespass or sin, you who are spiritual, this is identifying a group of people as being spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you too may not fall into temptation. Now verse 2, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. How we conduct ourselves when we've been offended is going to be how we bear with one another. How we conduct ourselves when we've been wronged. How we conduct ourselves when other people are doing the wrong thing. How we handle ourselves in the midst of sin and trespass is the difference between being spiritual and being unspiritual in how we live our lives as Christians based on this passage of Scripture. And our call to bear with one another is our call to be just like Jesus. And it's at the foundation of the love that we're called to have. I want to give you a passage of Scripture here that I share with you reluctantly. This passage of Scripture has been a great encouragement in my life, and it's also been um, very difficult to endure. As I have looked at my life and examined my life and examined the relationships in my life, especially marriage and family, this passage of Scripture has brought a tremendous conviction into my life. But as we consider the way that we live and consider the love that has been manifest and the grace that has been extended to us from God through Jesus, this passage of Scripture stands as a great instruction to monitor, to watch, and to be influenced in the right direction by evaluating our behavior. I'll give you a passage of Scripture here, and that passage is from the Proverbs, Proverbs 17, 9. Proverbs 17, 9, the one who covers, remember to bear is to, to thatch or to cover for the purpose of protecting, the one who covers a weakness seeks love. But the one who repeats these matters separates intimate friends. I mean, I've examined my own life and I've, I've looked at where, where I have uh, covered matters and where matters have been covered, where they've been protected, where they have been allowed to, to be protected by what God has released for the ultimate protection, and that's love, and other times where the continued repeat of an offense is over and over and over, and the result of that continued repetition of offense ultimately, based on this passage of Scripture, is separation. And the reason for this love that God has introduced into our fellowship as one another is to bring into our existence and to bring into our fellowship and our community that help that's needed in order to stop the cycle of separation. I mean, I need help. You need help. We need help. The question is, where does that help come from? Well, by God's design, that help comes from the body. That help is all done by the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Spirit is at work in and through you and in and through me. And as we release that help one to another, that's the love for one another that God would call us to walk in and the bearing with one another, not to simply reject at the sight of, of what is undesirable or what is inconvenient, but rather to sacrifice in order to provide the protection and the covering for the deliverance and the healing to take place that leads to life. And it prevents the separation that will result without it. 
I mentioned before we would find what makes a way for unity, and really and truly unity is what we're ultimately looking for as we watch uh, the, the manifestation of bearing with one another play out. It's to bring about a, a unification of, of surrender to God's will and his direction and his counsel. It's not just so that we can put up with each other's sin and nonsense and, and turn a blind eye, but rather it's to provide the right environment for the work of the Holy Spirit to be manifest and deliverance and freedom to be the result. And ultimately, unity in the relationship. Whether that relationship is the body of Christ, whether that relationship is in a marriage or a family, or whether that relationship is in some other form, ultimately, unity is the goal. Let me give you a passage of scripture that gives the pathway for unity. I'll give it to you from the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to begin in verse 12. Colossians 3 verse 12. So as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another by forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you also should forgive. Now verse 4, beyond all of these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. I want to offer a couple of comments on that passage of scripture in closing. First of all, you have a, a list of attributes, a, a list of actions, a list of, of items, so to speak. Those items including compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and then the bearing with one another manifests through forgiveness. And then in verse 4, you have beyond all of these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, that tells me something. That tells me that it's after these things can be manifest that then love and unity can exist. Beyond these things, after these things, comes love and unity. Now, oftentimes in a relationship, we want to start at love and unity while there's an absence of compassion and kindness and an absence of humility and gentleness and an absence of patience and an absence of bearing with one another or forgiveness. And when there's an absence of all of these things, and we stand around and we get frustrated with one another that there's not love, that there's not unity. When it should be no surprise to us that love and unity have been challenged by the absence of these other things that are necessary for love and unity to exist. Now, sometimes it's, it's interesting to just think on some examples. Sometimes they're a hit, sometimes they're a bit of a miss. But consider love and unity to be the result of those ingredients, as if you were looking for a loaf of bread. You can't be frustrated when you have no loaf of bread when you've not mixed together flour and you've not mixed together baking soda and you've not put those things in the proper mixture and put them in the right environment to result in what is then a loaf of bread. In this situation where we all desire the results being the love and the unity, the focus that we ought to ask ourselves in any given relationship, has I, have I made a way for the presence of the following? Am I walking in compassion? Am I bringing kindness to this relationship? Humility, gentleness, patience, and then ultimately, am I bearing with this other person? Is there some reason 
Why? Even in the presence of compassion, even in the presence of, of kindness, even in the presence of humility, even in the presence of gentleness, even in the presence of patience, is there some reason why there's still resistance to love and unity? Could it be a past hurt, a past rejection, a past wound that needs to be ministered to that I need to bear with? And have you noticed on all of those items, you're thinking about the other person, not yourself? Which is really where the rubber meets the road. That's really where the challenges overcome. Because as we continue to bear with one another, just as the scripture would command us to do, it'll require us to not just please ourselves. You'll remember we read earlier in Romans 15:1, we who are strong are to bear the weakness of those who are without strength and not just please ourselves. As it considers bearing with one another, as it considers love being manifest, it's important for us to evaluate those things. And I believe it's handy to have this as a checklist. The checklist being compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and then simply bearing with someone through their weakness by sacrificing of your strength to help bridge the gap. And when those things are put to practice, when those boxes are checked off, so to speak, beyond those things, as the scripture would put it, there's love and the perfect bond of unity. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. I want to trust and believe God to do something great in our hearts and in our minds that our lives can be changed by the word for the purpose of being better equipped to bear with one another. I mean, this is something that we do. It's been a part of our lives, whether we've known it or not. And on some manners, we do well and other times or other situations, not so well. But yet this is our call as believers. I want to pray and I want to ask God to go to work on our behalf in this thing for the purpose of of seeing the result being the perfect unity that is the result of love. I want to pray this morning, and there where you stand, you can simply be in, in a state of receiving or agreement, but I want to trust that God will go to work in our hearts and in our minds. Father, we bless your name, and we thank you for the call to love one another. We thank you for the call to come to the place where the perfect bond of unity can be celebrated. And we ask in Jesus' name for a work to be done by your spirit in our lives that would bring us to the place where we would consider those around us. That we would look with a desire to bring the solution through the provision of our own strength to fill the gap of any weakness. And let there be a change in, in mentality as we walk in relationship and fellowship wherever a change may be needed, that we might be those who would bear with one another and ultimately love one another in the way that you've loved us. And let the results be in like fashion as the results of your love to us, that the results would be liberty and freedom from oppression, that the results would be security and stability where it was once lacking where the results would be safety and trust, where there was once fear and anxiety, 
Help us to bear with one another and let the results of that love be manifest in such a way that you be honored and glorified, that we truly look like Jesus by loving in the same way in which we were loved. We bless your name and we thank you for this wonderful and powerful call. And we surrender our lives to see it come to pass for your glory. Again, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.com.